is the person. It's all dead. You know, I've been created again by the Lord, and I, I, I gave my life to the Lord September 26th, right up here, and that by that wall, um, <laughs> Pastor Joe and Ish were praying with me, and, um, you know, Pastor Joe just really, like, um, helped me up a whole lot. Um, he just, you know, preached the word to me, and it just, like, pretty much, like, hit me in the head, because I knew all this pretty... I knew all this, but I was not really, like, living for God. I was never putting them first. And um, I just, I kind of realized, you know, I got to get back straight up with God. You know, I was raised Catholic, and and I was just not doing the right things that he wanted me to do. And um, ever since, I, every day of my life, from that moment on, I just make an effort to, like, live for him by praying a whole lot, reading the word a whole lot. And it's it's not easy, you know. From the day I gave my life to the Lord, you know, it, it was like a two, three week process where like everything was just like real hard for me, you know. Talking to my friends again and the old friends of mine that I don't no longer talk to, and a lot of things like that. It was just pretty difficult. But uh, now it's just like I can't even explain how I feel. It's just amazing. I'm, I will never see myself the way I am now. I'm like the way I think. It's just completely different. And I'm pretty sure most of you guys experience it as well. Um, you know, I got to thank God a whole lot what he's done. And, you know, he's just using me. And it's amazing. Glory to him for everything. And glory to Elevate, Metro Praise. And here's a microphone to Pastor Joe. All right, my brother, just be nice to me, okay, brother? I don't want to get beat up, all right? I kid, I kid. All right, y'all ready? Open up your Bibles to John chapter 5. If y'all there, say, I'm there. For shiggity. Y'all there for shiggity? For shiggity? For show? For shitho? All right, all right. All right, John chapter 5, verse 16. Let's look at this, man. I want you to put that up there for me, Adolfo. Everybody say, crossed over. Look at your neighbor and say, crossed over. Look at your other neighbor and say, you better cross over. Somebody run up some notes here for me, please. We're going to talk tonight about crossing over. You have learned so much, man, in the book of John, man. If you all have learned something, let me just see your hand a little bit. Anybody? About five of you? Okay, ten. Awesome. You know what, dude? Think about this. I was thinking about this, and it blew me away. Dude, you know how a lot of people say, I don't understand the Bible. It's hard for me. Do you know that we have gone through the Bible verse by verse, the book of John? And when we're done, the whole book of John, A, will be on those sermons, and B, I'm explaining it. So let's say, like, your friend gets saved, you know. You could be like, hey, dude, just go to the website and listen to the book of John. And we read it, and then we talk about it. Look at your name and say, that's pretty cool. All right, look up at John 15:16 in your Bible or on the screen. Let's get with it. It says, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Now, everyone look up here. I'm going to stop and go back and forth a whole bunch right now. Now, do you all remember why the Jews were persecuting Jesus? They were jealous, but why were they jealous? He, was work- he told that dude to carry his mat, which was like working on the Sabbath day. You all remember last week? Last week is, do you want to get well? Now, 
If you read the Bible, you will understand the Bible is like one big story. So just because today we're starting off at 516, like 515 just happened. You you all get that? Like the verse right before it was like a few minutes ago. So don't think just because, you know, we come here week after week, like there's these long periods of time. No, like really, the whole entire book of John tells Jesus' three-year life story. And a lot of the chapters just keep going in like day, you know, hour, this hour, morning, evening, night, etc., Okay, so the Jews were getting mad at Jesus because he was doing miracles and people were getting saved. Now look at verse 17. Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried even harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Okay, so you all check this out. Jesus is healing and doing miracles on the Sabbath. Now, what day of the week is the Sabbath? Who remembers? Yeah, yeah, you guys are off. Candy, I'll just throw it at you, man. So awesome. Everybody say, Saturday's the Sabbath. So watch this, man. The Jewish people, like how we close stores in America down on Sundays, now kind of it's open a little bit. But, dude, on Saturdays in Israel, everything was closed because it was the Sabbath. Somebody say the Sabbath. But now Jesus who is the Son of God, he starts healing on the Sabbath, and the Jews are like, dude, who do you think you are, man? We've been following Moses' rules for like 4,000 years, and now you're telling us we can do whatever we want on the Sabbath. Now look what Jesus says. He says, my father is at work, and I'm working too. And you know what the Jews did? They got mad with Jesus because Jesus made himself equal to the Father. That would be like me saying today, you know how God brings up the sun and lets it shine on all of us? I do that too. You all look at me crazy. I'd be like, you know how God makes the skies blues? Well, I, I, I can make the sky dark too. Jesus said the same thing you Jewish people say the Father does, he says, I do. You see, because God, watch this everybody, is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, God the Son is equal to God the Father and to God the Holy Spirit. Those three persons are one. And they are equal, just like how everybody here is equal. No matter what nationality, how old you are, we're all equal. But watch, each one of us have different positions. When you come to the church, even though we're both equal as human beings, you respect me as your pastor. Somebody say, si, senor. Somebody say, si, pastor. Yes, thank you. You respect me as your pastor. Then when you go to school... You respect your teacher. Now watch. Your teacher is the same type of a human being. Like you're a human being. But you respect them. Now everybody watch. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're all God, each one of them. But the Son respects the Father. The Holy Spirit respects the Son. They work together. And the Jewish people, who were good people, most of them were great people. They knew about the Ten Commandments. They went to church every Sabbath day, which was Saturday. And they really loved God. But they did not know that the Father also had a Son. And so when Jesus came down and he starts doing all these miracles, they start freaking out. And eventually they freak out so much they kill him. That would be like all the Christians killing the Pope. I mean, the Jewish people killed the Son of God because they literally thought he was a liar. And that's why either Jesus is a liar or he's Lord. He either is out of his mind, cuckoo, telling us he's the Son of God, he can walk on water, or he really was walking on water, the Son of God, and we ought to bow down and worship him. Can you all say, aye? Now let's keep going. Verse 19. 
Jesus gave them this answer because they just said, dude, why are you making yourself equal to God? Jesus gave this answer. I tell the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the father raises the dead. So who raises the dead? Everybody say the father. And gives them life. Even so the son gives life to those whom he pleased to give. So everybody look up here. You see what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, hey, you guys look at the Father being God and that he can raise the dead and he can do all these things. But Jesus is saying, I can do them too. But I don't do it without my Father's permission because in the Godhead, Jesus serves the Father. Think of it like a marriage. My wife and I are equal. We're human beings. We are equal. But in the marriage, the Bible says for the wife to serve the husband. And so my wife lets me make the final decisions. And if she was here, she would say, I don't do anything unless my husband and I agree to do it. And that's what Jesus is saying. But he then said, hey, you know what? The Father raises the dead and gives life, and so do I. So he's saying, I'm equal with the Father, just like my wife can say, you know what, my husband can make money, but so can I, you know, like how many women up here like that, come on, you're equal to men in some ways, right, you can be tough, how many women can beat up a man in here, ah, okay, about two of you, that's all right, be ladylike, that's all right, go on with yourself, all right, everybody look up here now, verse 21, or verse 22 rather, moreover, the father judges no one, but he has entrusted all judgment to the son, hold on, look right there, look right there, verse 22, the father judges nobody, but he entrusted all judgment to who? Oh, y'all got to get that. Who did he give judgment to? Who did the Father give judgment to? And what's his name, y'all? Say it like you mean it. What's his name? Jesus. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. The Father says, son, I love you so much, I'm going to let you judge mankind. You know who you're going to stand before on judgment day? Not God the Father. You're going to stand before God the Son. That shows you how important this man was. A lot of people know that Jesus existed. They may even think the Bible's cute and they like it, but they don't respect him as God. They say, oh, Jesus was just a man, like Buddha was a man. Muhammad, for the Muslims, was a man. But you know what? He was more than a man. He was the God-man. He is the judge of all men. Can you all say, aye? Now you all getting somewhere. Now look at verse 23. Why does the Father give judgment to the Son that all may honor the Son? You've got to honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So why is Jesus going through this whole portion of Scripture right here? Why? Because the verses before, he had healed that man, told him to take up his mat and walk, and the Jewish people freaking out, saying nobody can give commands like that on the Sabbath unless they're God. Jesus is saying, I'm equal to the Father. He gives me all this stuff to do. I'm going to be the one that judges you. And at the end, he says, y'all better respect me like you respect the Father. So somebody say, respect Jesus. All right, next verse. Keep going. Now we're going to get to what we're talking about. Somebody say, crossed over. Now, Jesus is going to tell you something right in verse 24. Look at it. He says, I tell you the truth. Isn't that what we're talking about today? The truth be told. Hello? Isn't that what he's going to be rapping about? The truth. Look at your neighbor and say, don't believe a lie. Say, get in the truth. Jesus brings the truth. He says, I tell you the truth. This is the truth right here. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has 
crossed over, come on somebody, from death to life. I think it's about time some of y'all learn to cross over into Jesus Christ's life. I think you need to step out of your past, step into your future, and just tell your neighbor, hey baby girl, I got to cross over. Look at somebody say, it's time to cross over. You see, you've been on that side too long. You've been on the side of your friends too long. You've been at the party side too long, fighting side. You need to cross over from the devil to Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, cross over, baby. Woo! I came ready. I came ready. He said, if you believe in me, if you do what I say, you will cross over from death to life. Man, November 5th, 1995, Joe Wyrostek was dead. Joe Y. Rostick was smoking weed, getting high. I believed in the words of Jesus Christ, and I crossed over. Hello. Adolfo came to the church. What was that date, brother? March 11, 2007. He came to the church. He came here as an alcoholic, a young man that hated God because he lost his father as a young man. And when he came to the Lord, he crossed over into life, found an everlasting relationship with the Father that would never leave him nor forsake him. Hello. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The first time Jared came to the church, thought we were a little crazy, right, Jared? Now you're just like one of us, huh? Because you had to cross over. You see, you're looking at some of your neighbor right now, some of your friends, and they look crazy to you. You know why? You're on the wrong side. You need to cross over and get with them. And that's where the party is, y'all. Because there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Because the Holy Ghost party don't. Well, there ain't no party. The Holy Ghost party don't. There you go. Come on. Look at verse 26. See, this one, or 25. It says, I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So the Bible says that you can be walking around right now and you're dead on the inside. And you're going to hear God's voice and you're going to come alive. Your life is going to change because you're going to cross over. So that's what it says, to cross over from death to life. Because we're all born sinners. And on the inside, our hearts are dead to God. We, we don't know how to talk to God. We don't feel his presence. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of you here, you don't feel his presence yet because you're dead on the inside. But if you let God talk to you, believe in him, you will cross over too. Now look at verse 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Look at all these comparisons. Only Jesus can have this stuff. Verse 27, and he has given him, talking about Jesus, authority to judge because he's the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. You see, the Bible says one day, the final judgment, everybody's coming out their graves, everybody's coming out of hell, everybody's coming out of heaven, and they're going to stand before Jesus. And only those that get to go to heaven are those that have what? crossed over and have lived for God. Come on, somebody. And look at verse 30. It says, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. My judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to cross over. Now, I want you to see this slide right here. This is what we're talking about right here. We're talking about everything you know right now, the television shows you watch, the movie stars you look up to, your teachers, your friends, every other religion, everybody you know is on this side. And the Bible says they following 
a wide path. And that wide path is leading right to hell. I'm telling you, man, that's where a lot of people are right now. That's where Tupac was. That's where 50 Cent is right now. That's where Daddy Yankee is. And the Bible says that this pathway right here is multitudes of people. The Bible says wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And then the Bible says right here to Jesus is the only way you can get to heaven right here. And that place is narrow. Few find it. See, very few people you know are going to cross over. That's the honest truth. You know what? God told parables. Jesus told parables about how many people you preach you're going to get saved. I've gone through these parables. You know what normally the percentage is? One out of four. One out of four. You look at the parable of the seeds with the farmer sowing the seed. The Bible says the ground represents people's hearts. The seed is the word of God. He says one person goes out, hears the word of God. It's like a farmer throwing the seed on rock. Some people's hearts like rock. The moment they hear the word of God, it's like it just sits there. And the Bible says the devil comes like a bird and just eats that seed. That's what one person is like, one group of people. Then the Bible says another man throws down the seed. It gets into a crack, and the, the, the plant begins to grow. But before it can get too big, the sun comes out and it burns it up. And the Bible says those are who become Christians, but only when it's easy, only when God blesses them, only when their friends come to church. And then moment the persecution, moment something goes wrong, they give up on God. So right there, 20, uh, uh, 25% times two is 50%. Half the people, one-fourth one is not going to want to hear the gospel. Another fourth is only going to do it when it's easy. And then the, the third fourth, the Bible says, is like the man who throws the seed in the weeds. And, and it starts to grow. And it looks good. But all of a sudden, all these weeds start to gather in around this plant. And the Bible says what those weeds are, are riches. People want to get rich and they give up on God. It's a weed. And another weed is like pleasure. People just want to have fun in this life. They don't want to take it serious. And it chokes it out. And the last one is worry. People worry all the time. What happens if I trust God? What happens if I never get married? Who knows what's going to happen? And they let it choke them out. So listen, the Bible tells you 25% ain't going to want to hear it. Another 25% only going to want to be Christians when it's easy. And another 25% are only going to go with Christ until temptation gets in their way. Then he said the last seed, that last one is good soil. It's a good heart. They hear the word of God. That seed begins to grow and it gets stronger and stronger. And a plant comes out, a big apple tree. And then finally, that thing bears fruit. Somebody say, come on now. You see, you listen to the Bible. It tells you like one out of four people are going to take this thing seriously. So when we're talking about crossing over, man, you're going to have a tidal wave of people going to hell. But you may only have a little stream going to heaven. You've got to make a decision right now. If everybody goes to hell at your school, if everybody in your family wants to go to hell, you've got to make a decision. I'm crossing over to heaven. You've got to make that decision right now. It is worth everything to you to cross over because that's where the world is right now. And I don't even have time to talk about just people like, you know, you know people like Whitney Houston who just think they're good people going to go to heaven. A lot of people think they're going to go to heaven because they're good people. Jesus didn't say those that don't murder and just treat their children good and pay their taxes go to heaven. No, he said the only ones that cross over from death to life are those that hear the word of God. If you believe it, somebody say amen. amen. Okay, number one, look at your questions. Why did, the G- why did the Jews get mad at Jesus? Keep that slide up there for me, brother. Why did the Jews get mad at Jesus? Someone uh, raise their hand, please. I want to call on you. 
Reuben, why did they get mad at him? That's right. He was working on the Sabbath day healing people. Number two, what is Jesus' relationship to the Father? Joey? That's it, baby. Finish it. Amen. That's right. Equal to the Father, but he respects him. I couldn't have said it better. Number three, what does it mean to cross over? Somebody raise their hand on this side. All right, Danny, what does it mean to cross over? Cross over to Jesus from what? What were you in before you were with Jesus? Sin and death. Good job, my brother. Now, number four, what is the first thing you have crossed over to? I'm going to give you three things today that you got to cross over from. That when you became a Christian, three things in your life have changed. Let's put up the first one right here. Number one. Go ahead, put up the next one. Go ahead. Number one. Your sinful nature is dead. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. When you became a Christian, you crossed over from who you were born like. We were all born like sinners. See, i got to talk about this real quick. As you all turn to Galatians 5, do you know that you and I were born liking sin? You see, a lot of us think that all sin is bad. Now, I don't know how many people like murder. A lot of people don't like murder, you know what I'm saying? So we think, oh, we don't like sin. But no, all sin is not murder. Do you know that pride is sin? How many of us know it's really easy to be prideful sometimes? Do you know another extreme of pride is self-pity? How many know it's really easy to beat yourself up sometimes? To think low of yourself. That's also a form of pride. That's sin. How about this? How many people know greed is sin? Isn't it real easy to be greedy? Have you ever noticed how hard it is to give your money away? How many people understand how hard it is, huh? Have you ever had somebody owe you money, and every time you see them, you're like, dude, I need my five bucks. Where's my five bucks? You know how hard that was for you? You know why? Because you couldn't say, I just give it to you. Forget about it. Because we love money. I want you to understand this. When we were born... Every one of us were on the wrong side. Everybody say we were born sinners. I'll tell you how you know. Look at a little baby. I love little babies, little niños and niñas, okay? And there's that little baby. And Josh, he has a baby Madi here, Joe Madi. She's getting bigger now. And it was funny because he told me he saw her almost do the exact same thing. It's like with the, uh, the Xbox controller. And Joe Madi sees the Xbox controller. And she goes to reach for that Xbox controller. And what, is, what does Madi and Josh do? No! No, don't touch it. And you can tell, like, in her eyes, like, she knows, right? She knows I shouldn't touch that. But then all of a sudden, what happens? Josh and Maddie turn their back, and what, what, what does the little baby, what does little Maddie do? She's watching, and once they turn their back, she starts putting out her hand, right? You, who taught that baby how to steal? Who put that inside of a child? Who put it inside of a child that when a child gets old enough to hold their toy and another child wants to touch it, they take that toy, hit it on their head and say, Mine! Who taught that child that? I want to talk to the parents that be making them crazy children. Who taught me to be rebellious? My mom would say, come here, and I thought that meant run away. She would say, it's time to eat. I thought it meant it's time to play. She said, it's time to go to bed. I thought it was time to get out my toys. Who made me that way? You know what the Bible says? Because Adam and Eve sinned, we are now born corrupted. We're born with a sinful nature. Now, the Bible says if children die, they have no, no, no knowledge of right and wrong, so God brings all of our children to heaven. So don't worry about God judging children like you going to hell because you touched the Xbox controller. That ain't happening, okay? But for everyone that grows up 
and begins to have a conscious mind. And you know right from wrong, and now you can actually think about it. The Bible says, when you don't do what's right, you live by your sinful nature. And it's not just the crazy wild things like crack and sex and all these other things. It's things just like greed and pride and depression and anger and rebellion. And the Bible says that when you come to Christ, at the moment you come to Christ, you cross over into a new person. If you in Galatians 5, say I'm there. All right, put up that scripture. Look in your Bible as I read it up top here. Galatians 5:19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. So the Bible says you can spot them a mile away. You know when somebody's acting sinful. The Bible says sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. You know what that's a way of saying? Pornography, lust, homosexual sex. That's impurity, immorality. The Bible says that's obvious, man. Come on. Man, if you just look at it long enough, you can know there's something wrong with that. How many know touching children, molestation is wrong? How many know that's wrong? Come on, y'all. How many of y'all know rape is wrong? Well, why are we struggling with homosexuality? You know, you know why the only reason why we don't know it's wrong anymore? Because so many people keep telling us it's right. It's right. It's right. No, I'll tell you what. You take a child, leave them alone, let them look at it. They'll know they're doing wrong. You know a man ain't supposed to be with a man. A woman's not supposed to be with a woman. Well, that's what that's saying. Debauchery. Now look at number 20. Idolatry. Idolatry means to put anything before God. You know, a lot of times we make idols out of the people around us and the things around us. What's that show that comes on right around this time at Fox, on Fox? What's it called? Oh, y'all, I can't hear you. What's it called? American Idol. What's an idol then? That person standing in front of us making money, right? That one that we got to watch? That one that begins to take our money? What is an idol? An idol is anything you put before God. Some people put their music before God. Their sports before God. The Bible says that's obviously wrong. Let's keep going. Witchcraft. How many know that's a big no-no? Y'all know that's a big no-no? You know, around a seance, you know, praying to spirits. Y'all know that's wrong. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. How many know jealousy is wrong? How many know getting angry with a fit and just throwing a fit is wrong? Y'all know that, right? Look, selfish ambition. Ooh, a lot of people don't think that's wrong, though. Oh, I got to do it for me, man, because if I don't do it for me, who's going to do it for me? Got to put numero uno first, baby. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, 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 me. We don't think that's wrong, do we? But what's the middle letter of pride? I, ah, you got it. I, there you got it. Dissensions, fractions. That means people splitting up groups. Oh, you come with my group. I can't be friends with that group anymore. Envy, that's like jealousy. Drunkenness. And look at this next word in your Bible. Oh, what's that next word? Somebody say it. Ooh, that Bible knows something, doesn't it? Oh, y'all read the Bible like it's some old grandma book, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, jeez. What were they doing? I'm telling you, the Bible knows what people will do if you let them do it. And you know it's wrong. You know what an orgy is? It's when a guy looks at five naked women pictures on pornography. That's an orgy. He can't just be satisfied with his wife or wait till his wife. He's got to look at ten of them. That's wrong, y'all. That is sin. And the Bible says, and the like. And like smoking crack. And like beating up somebody. It didn't have to name everything. It's, it's pretty obvious. If you just get a little beginning list right here, you can fit everything else into it. How many people can understand what sin is? Somebody say, I. Somebody say, preach it, preach it. 
Now, remember, we got to cross over, right? We about to go from one side to the other side. So this right here is the side of the world. And it says in verse 21, drunkenness, orgies alike, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So anybody who lives like this cannot go to heaven. Somebody say, cross over. Now, put up that next slide. Look what happened when Jesus died on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, I need you to move quickly with me, brother. Come on. Jesus took your sinful nature. He took the sins of your mind. He took the sin of your will, the things that you may be tempted to do. And he took the sins of your emotion. Now, put the next one up there. Look what it says. When you were born, you were born with the sinful nature. You used to like to be jealous, like to fight, take things that weren't yours, make excuses to why you could be rebellious. But the Bible says, says, when you come to Christ, you cross over into a new person. And I think it's time that some of y'all cross over. Look at your neighbor and say, cross over. You see, if you keep making excuses and you say, this is this the way I am. I was born this way. I was born this way. I'm tired of hearing people tell me how they were born. Yes, you were born that way, but be born again like Christ. You see, you can cross over. You don't have to stay on that side. You don't have to stay on the side of people going to hell. You don't have to act like everybody in your family. Where everybody in my family gets pregnant at 15, dropped out of high school. So that's what I'm going to do. No, you can cross over and have yourself a family. Live for God. Come on, somebody. Well, all my friends stop going to church. I don't know anybody at church anymore. If I if I come to church, I'm going to sit all by myself. Well, let your friends go to hell if they want to on Friday nights. But cross over, get by yourself, stand in front, raise your hands, and cross over to some worship. Gloria Dios. Come on. You got to praise God. If nobody else praises God, you got to cross over and praise Him by yourself. Are you with me? Look at your neighbor and say, cross over, man. All right, next slide. Turn with me to the Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. I got to preach because we're about ready to have a party. We're going to have some fun. I got to 930. This is going to be the fastest message you've ever heard me preach. Some of you are going to be like, I wish Jitter would come more often. I wish Jitter would, would come all the time because I'm going to be preaching really fast right now. Colossians 2, 13. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. My gente. Colossians 2.13, if you're there, somebody say, I'm there. Put up that scripture, brother. I want you all to see this right here. Now look up at me before I read this. You see, what the Jewish people were stuck on was all of these religious laws, all of these laws that told people what they can and cannot do. Now, the Ten Commandments are good laws, but all people see sometimes is being a Christian is just keeping Ten Commandments. You know what that would be like? The only way I view my marriage to my wife is just the marriage contract. How many of y'all would think that would be a good marriage if I just held up my contract and I said, till death do us part for better or for worse? Oh, I love her. You know what? That contract don't even say the half about how I feel about my wife. Everyone look up at me. Some people think Christianity, y'all coming to church, even some of you here right now, think Christianity is just about what you don't do. Oh, I don't get in trouble anymore. Oh, I don't fight anymore. Oh, I don't do this. Oh, yeah, that's true. But you see, Christianity is more than a law. It's more than just I don't do this. I don't do this. No, Christianity is love. 
Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are not here for religion. We are here for a relationship. I haven't come here just to obey the law of God in the Bible. I have come here to love the God of the Bible. Hello, somebody. Oh, y'all didn't get that. I got to say that again. I didn't come here for religion. I didn't come here to get my magical wafer, do my little kiss, and walk out of here, talk to a man behind some wooden door and confess my sins. I haven't come here to impress you, sing in a choir. I came here not for religion, but for a relationship, to be with my best friend, to sing songs to my Savior, to tell him how much I love him, because it wasn't religion that put me to bed at night when my mind was going crazy, and when I felt all alone. It was my relationship with Jesus Christ. It wasn't religion that got me out of the suburbs of Indiana, put me in the ghettos of New Orleans, and had me preach the gospel. It was a relationship. And I want to tell you, I've got to get in a relationship with God. You've got to know Him. You've got to say, I'm coming to church, not just for my friends, not just for the Bible study. I'm coming because i got to tell Jesus I love Him. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. It's not just about your religion, it's about a relationship. And it's not just about the laws of God, it's about the love of God. It says, when you were dead in your sins. See, we were dead in our sins. See, we had to cross over to be with Christ. See, because when you and I were born, we were born dead in our sins. You might say, why wasn't that bad, Pastor? You didn't have to be that bad. Just one sin killed your spirit, separated you from God. We all dead. Look at the Bible. It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature. The Bible says, like how men get circumcised. That might get a little personal if we talk about that. Anybody know what that is? Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about circumcision another time. Alrighty. But the Bible says like our hearts were hard and our sinful nature. Look what this right here says. God made you alive with Christ. That means when Christ was dying, why was he dying? For us. For our sins. For our sinful nature. But guess what else happened? Comma. Having canceled the written code. Somebody say cancel the written code. Say it like this. They canceled the bill. Now, y'all got to get this right here. You see, when God made Ten Commandments, guess what? We broke every one. We weren't supposed to get angry, but we did. We weren't supposed to lust, but we did. How many here have committed a sin before? Now, the Bible says that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he stamped, in, he stamped on your bill that you owe God paid in full. He looked at your life, brother, and he said, you know what, man? You can't pay this bill. You can't be perfect. You can't make up for the sins you've committed. But Jesus said, I'll pay it in full. Look at what it says right here. God made us alive with Christ. He forgave us of our sin, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was brought up again and stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross and disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Somebody say, Gloria a Dios for the cruz. Woo! When I put that next slide up there, brother, when I came to Christ, Jesus said, I already took your sins, Joe. I was just waiting for you to come collect your check. You see, each one of us have a debt we owe to the Father. Every lie you told brought up a credit bill. You owe money to God. Now, you owe your blood. You owe your life. Every time you lusted after somebody, the Father wrote it down and said, Oh, he wants to get to heaven? Oh, so-and-so wants to get to heaven. They've lusted? They owe me their life. The penalty of sin is death. If so-and-so wants to get to heaven, they have to die. 
And all the world, the Bible says, was under the power of sin. And Jesus saw Joe had a lot of debt. Joe was sinning like a crazy boy. And then Jesus saw you, Griselda, and then he saw you, Adolfo, and he saw you in the back, my friend, and he saw you, Cassandra, and Nicole, and Tatiana, and he saw you, Sherman. And you know what Jesus said to the Father? Father, I'll pay the debt for them. The Father said, for you to pay the debt for Joe's sin, Griselda's sin, Adolfo's sin, that will cost you your blood. Jesus said, I'll take it with nails in my arms. I'll take it with whips on my back. I will take it with punches to my face. I will shed my blood to stamp on their bill. Paid in full. You've been forgiven. I think it's time to praise God. When you got saved, you crossed over. You used to be a sinner. You used to have sin. And you were an enemy of God. But when you put your faith in God, you crossed over. You came to church one way, but you crossed over and left another way. You used to talk to your parents some way and out their mind. But now you crossed over. You're yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You came to church lusting. You were tore up from the floor up, needing a neck up from the checkup. But Jesus Christ came and he changed you. Needed a checkup from the neck up. My fault. Look at your neighbor and say, cross over. Put the next one. Last thing you need to cross over right here is it says in Colossians 2.20, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world. You see, all the people you know, they go into hell because they're following the world. They're following the principles of the world. What's the principles of the world when it comes to sex? Have it when you want to. By them following those principles, they're going to hell. What's the principle of being a Christian? Wait till you're married. What's the principle of the world when somebody looks at you wrong and checks you, Jose, in the, the hallways? The principle is check them back. Eye for an eye. Bow it, bow it. Let's get down. That's what the world says. The Bible says they go to hell because of their anger and their violence. The Bible says, since you died with Christ. You see, that part of you is dead. When people come up to me and say, man, I can't live for God. It's too hard. I say, man, you need to pick up your cross and die and come follow Jesus because you need to cross over from death and come into life. That's what Jesus Christ does. He did not come just to make bad people good. We could never be good enough. He came to make dead people cross over and live. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to cross over. It says, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Oh, hello. Since you died with Christ, why are some of y'all still living like the world? I got, I got to get that in my mind today. Why are some of you coming up here acting like you're Christians, but the moment you get out here, you follow the world's world rules? When they want to fight, you fight. When they disobey their parents, you disobey your parents. When they lust, you lust. When they steal, you steal. When they cuss, you cuss. They tell a dirty joke, they laugh. <laughs> you laugh with them. Why? As though you're supposed to be dead, you're supposed to have crossed over. Cassandra, everybody up in this room, your life is supposed to be different, uh, Lelai. Why would anybody ever look at us and say, why are you still acting like the world? The Bible says, we cannot do a look at verse 22. These are destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Everyone stand with me, please. Somebody say crossover. Put the next slide up there. When Jesus died on the cross, you died to the world. Karen, when Jesus died on the cross, 
all of what Karen was living for, the sinful nature died. And now you can cross over and live for Jesus. You got that, my brother, Jerome? When Jesus Christ died on the cross, you died to the world. I want you to think about that as we put this next slide up again. I want you to see it. You see, we lived this way. We were like the world. We, we were on this side right here. This is where we were. But we learn today in the book of John that all those who hear the words of Jesus and put their faith in him cross over from death to life. We were all right here. Only some of us, though, have crossed over. What about the rest of you? Aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Aren't you tired of living like the world, obeying their rules, doing it their way, trying to fit in with them? Man, let me tell you something. They ain't never going to like you anyway. All those friends you're trying to change for, I'm going to tell you something. Ten years from now, they ain't going to know your name. They're going to look at you in the grocery store. They're going to say, oh, oh, who are you? They're going to forget who you are. I am now 31 years old. I do not live next to, talk to anybody from my high school. I don't even see them. I live in a totally different state. People I went to high school with, some of them live in Canada. Some of them live in California. They're all over the world. And you know what? When I was in high school and I was at my lunch table, you know what? I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be just like them. I wish somebody would have preached to me like I'm preaching to you. Hey, Joe, stop trying to fit in. Just cross over and be with God. You see, I want to tell you all something. Don't worry if people don't cross over with you. You're going to find people up in here that are going to walk with you, that are going to do it God's way. But sometimes you've got to leave something behind. You've got to leave these old things to get something new. You've got to cross over. Now, I want you to just look at this slide in closing. Go and put it up there, brother. The wages of sin is death. The Bible says one day Jesus, who's equal with the Father, is going to judge every one of us. He's going to judge what the terrorists did in 9-11. He's going to judge what gangbangers do in your high school. He's going to judge what those cute little high school girls, cheerleaders, used to do after games when they would party and drink. He's going to judge those of you that were not like any of the people we talked about, but yet when you would go home, you would get by yourself in your room and write in Dear Diary, Dear Diary, I hate my life, I'm nothing, I'm garbage. God is going to judge all of our pride, all of our ego, all of our selfishness, all of our fears, all of the junk that was on this side. He's going to judge it one day. And the Bible says that many are going to go right down into hell. But for those that cross over, they receive eternal life. That path is there for everybody. That path is there for the mothers that had abortions. That path is there for teenagers that just smoked their first cigarette. That path is for straight-A students that think they don't need God because they don't believe in a God. That path is for you. It's for me. We all can go on that path, the path of Christ, and live an eternal life. The choice is yours. Do you want to stay where you are? Do you want to live the way you live? Do you want to live like a sinner by the rules of this world? Or do you want to cross over to God's side? Every head bowed and eyes closed in, the, in this place, please. God bless you all. It's a Friday night. The place is packed. The party is going to be awesome tonight. Would you put that music on in the background, please? I want to pray for you tonight. God spoke to my heart today before I came. And I know it's a cute little thing, crossover, and we had some fun with it. 
But those are literally the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, whoever hears his words and puts their faith in them, they will cross over from death to life. Today, with every head bowed and eyes closed, put on let it rain, please. I want every head bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to start off with one prayer. It's a simple prayer. Are you in here today and still living in the world? And you need to cross over. If you're here, I'm going to pray for you because you did not come here by any accident. You might have just came because you knew there was a concert tonight. Maybe a friend from your school has been inviting you. Every week they've been inviting you to come and you just felt like you could come this week. I want to tell you something. It's no accident. God brought you here to hear this message. And I want to pray for everybody here that's on the wrong side to come to Jesus today because only He can do it. Not a man, not another person. I'm going to pray that you come to Jesus, take Him at His word, and cross over tonight. Every head bowed, nice closed. I'm praying for those that need to cross over right now. Father God, you see those in this room that are on the other side. Lord, you see them. Lord, they're living like the world. They're following their example of their friends, TV. God, they're they're rebellious. They have sin. God, and it comes so easy to them. And they think they can never change. That this is the way it's always going to be. Lord, I pray that you speak your words to them. Let the words of this message from your Bible pierce their heart, oh God. And God, I pray today that they can know, that they know in their soul that you paid the price for their sins. That you love them enough to die for them so that they may cross over from death to life. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this room in Jesus' name. Come and touch hearts. With every head bowed, eyes closed, I pray for you. Now it's your choice. If you want to cross over, if you came in here one way, but you want to leave here another way, you came in here following the world, but you want to leave following Jesus, I want you to put your hands up right now. Come on, hands going up all across this place right now. Nobody looking around. This may be your first time or a hundred and first time. It doesn't matter. You've got to make that decision. I made that decision November 5th, 1995. Twelve years ago. I haven't regretted it since. You've got to make that decision. You've got to cross over tonight. Jesus will forgive your sins. He will give you the strength to live for Him. But you've got to take that step. Baby, you've got to cross over tonight. You can't stay where you are and ask God to do everything for you. You've got to show Him. You want Him to change you. You've got to take that step. Hands raised all across this place. Brothers and sisters, already Christians, pray this with me as we pray with our new brothers and sisters. Everybody, say this prayer with me. Jesus, I come to you tonight because I believe in you. I believe in your words. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you paid the price for my sins. Today, Jesus, I want to cross over into your life. I want to step out of sin and step into your life. Today, here's my heart. Change me. Pay the price for my sins and give me a new life. In your name I pray. Now with hands raised, talk to God. You've got a new life. You've got a new life. Those who prayed that prayer, it's just like when a doubtful first prayed it. It's just like when I first prayed it. Come on, you just got to thank Him right now. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to talk to God. Talk to Him about anything that's on your mind right now. Come on, talk to God. Adolfo, I need you looking at me tonight, baby. Come on. I need you to talk to God 30 seconds right now. 30 seconds right now. 
30 seconds. Jesus, I pray young people will never be saved. God, I pray every person who prayed that prayer will walk out of here changed. God, you did it for Jerry. You did it for Adele. You did it for Ruben, for Jasmine, for Crystal. God, I pray you do it for every person in this room. Come on, 15 more seconds. Nobody can pray for you. You've got to pray for yourself right now. You've got to tell God what you want to change. You've got to tell God how you want to live. What you're going to do differently. Jesus. Start it over, brother. We're going to now pray a second prayer tonight. Our second prayer is going to be an altar call. I'm going to call you forward in just a second. It is a prayer for all the Christians in this place that fit into that last point. You died to the world when you became a Christian, whatever day that was. Mine was November 5th. You died to the world. But for some reason, you keep living like the world. Yeah, you may be a Christian, but you're struggling with the decision that you made. It's kind of like you crossed over, but now you got one foot on one side, and you got another foot on the other side. You got the straddle thing going on. Adolfo, I need you to watch me tonight, brother. It's like you got one foot in the world and you know that this is this is wrong, but you're still going to do it. You, you go home and you ask God to forgive you because you know it was wrong. And then when you come to church, you, you, you say to God, I'm never going to do this again. Lord, I love you. You raise your hand. And it's like you straddle in the fence. Man, the Bible says you've got to cross all the way over. You've got to give it all to God. The Bible says be hot or be cold, but don't try to be both at the same time. So this is an altar call for every Christian, every person that loves God, but wants to cross over once and for all, wants to leave the world behind, wants to leave lust behind, anger, rebellion, depression, all of these fears that you may have, the worries of your life, and you want to cross over and get on with your journey with God. On the count of three, I'm going to call you forward. And when you come, come to your knees or raise your hand, but just do something to show the Lord tonight that you're crossing over one. I'm calling those who are serious because this youth group is not going to stay on this side. We got to cross over too. I don't want anybody coming that's playing. Get ready to put that music up because I want people to cry out to God. One, two, three. If that's you, come on. Come on. Come on and cross over today. Come on and cross over today. God, I pray for Christians to cross over today. God, I pray for Christians to change.